Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, to the podcast of excellence. We're talking about Edward Fitzgerald, who I believe was a poet, if I'm not mistaken. Fitzgerald is best known for his Ribiat of Omar Khayyam, which is a very free adaptation and selection from the Persian poet's verses and stands on its own as a classic of English literature. In other words, to a large extent, the Ribiat can be considered originally poetry by Fitzgerald loosely based on Omar Quatrain's rather than a translation in the narrow sense. Okay, somewhere between a translation and an original. Cool. So, today's poet is called Tennyson, Lord Tennyson, Alfred Tennyson, 1809-1892, and we might be breaking this one up into parts because there's like 25 pages by this guy. And, um, you know, no, not tonight. I'm not doing a 25-pager. So, Mariana is the first poem. With blackest moss the flower plots where were thickly crusted one and all. The rusted nails fell from the knots that held the pair to the gable wall. The broken sheds looked sad. And strange, unlifted, was the clinking latch, weeded and worn the ancient thatch upon the lonely moated grange. She only said, My life is dreary, he cometh not, she said. She said, I am weary, a weary, I would that I were dead. Her tears fell with the dews at even, her tears fell ere the dews were dried. She could not look on the sweet heaven, either at morn or even tide. After the flitting of the bats, when thickest dark did trance the sky, and glanced athwart the glooming flats, she only said, The night is dreary, he cometh not, she said. She said, I am a weary, a weary, I would that I were dead. Upon the middle of the night, waking, she heard the night fowl crow, the cock sung out an hour ere light. From the dark fen the oxen's low came to her without hope of change. In sleep she seemed to walk forlorn, till cold winds woke the grey-eyed morn about the lonely moated grange. She only said the day is dreary, he cometh not, she said. She said, I am a weary, a weary, I would that I were dead. But, about, sorry, a stone cast from the wall, a sluice with blackened water slept, and over it many round and small clustered marish mosses crept. Hard by a poplar shook away, all silver-green with gnarled bark, for leagues no other tree did mark the waste, level waste and, re- and rounding grey. She only said, my life is dreary, he cometh not, she said. She said, I am a weary, a weary, I would that I were dead. And even when the moon was low and the shrill winds were up and away in the white curtain to and fro, she saw the gusty shadow of sway. But when the moon was very low, the wild winds bound within their cell, the shadow of the poplar fell upon the bed across her brow. She only said, the night is dreary, he cometh not, she said. She said, I am a weary, a weary, I would that I were dead. All day, within the dreary house, she, the doors upon their hinges creaked. <clears throat> the blue flies sung in the pane, the mouse behind the mouldering wainscot shrieked. Or from the crevice peered about, old faces glimmered through the doors. Old footsteps trod the upper floors. Old voices called her from without. She only said, my life is dreary, he cometh not, she said. She said, I am a weary, a weary, I would that I were dead. 
The sparrows cheer upon the roof, the slow clock ticking and the sound which the to the whirring wind aloof that Poplar made did all confound her sense, but most she loathed the hour when the thick motted sunbeam lay athwart the chambers under day, was sloping toward his western bower. Then, she said, I am very dreary. He will not come, she said. She wept, I am a-weary, a-weary, O oh God, that I were dead. Um, okay, cool. Let's have a look at this next little thing here. Alright, we'll go through The Lady Shallot, part one to four. Part one. On e... On either side the river lie a long field of barley and of rye that clothe the well, the wold and meet the sky, and through the fields the roads runs by to many towered Camelot, and up and down the people go, gazing where the lily blow, round an island there below the island of Shalot. Willows whiten, aspens quiver, little breezes dusk and shiver, through the wave that runs forever. By the island in the river flowing down to Camelot, four grey walls and four grey towers overlook a space of flowers, and the silent isle embowers the Lady Shalot. By the margin willowed, veiled, slide the heavy barges trailed by slow horses, and unhailed the shallop flipteth, silken sailed, skimming down to Camelot. But who hath seen her wave her hand, or at the casement seen her stand, or is she known in all the land, the Lady Shalot? Only reapers reaping early, and among the bearded barley, hear a song that echoes cheerily, from the river winding clearly down to towered Camelot, and the moon, the reaper weary, piling sheaves in uplands airy. Listening whispers, tis the fairy Lady of Shalot. Part 2 there she weaves by night and day a magic web with colours gay. She has heard a whisper say a curse is on her if she stay to look down to Camelot. She knows not what the curse may be, and so she weaveth steadily, and little over care hath she, other care hath she, the Lady of Shalot, and moving through a mirror clear that hangs before her all the year, shadows of the world appear, there she sees the highway near, winding down to Camelot. There... The river, eddy, whirls, and there the surly village churls and the red cloaks of market girls pass onward from Shalot. Sometimes a troop of damsels glad on an abbot on an ambling pad, sometimes a curly shepherd lad, or long-haired page in crimson clad goes by to towered Camelot. And sometimes through the mirror blue the knights come riding two and two. She hath no loyal knight, and true the lady of Shalot. But in her web she still delights to weave the mirror's magic sights, for often, through the silent nights, a funeral with plumes and lights and music went to Camelot. Or when the moon was overheard, to came two young lovers lately wed. I'm half sick of shadows, she said the Lady of Shalot. Part 3 A bow shot from her bower eaves, he rode between the barley sheaves, the sun came dazzling through the leaves and flamed upon the brazen graves of bold Sir Lancelot, a red cross knight, forever kneeled to a lady in a shield that sparkled on the yellow field beside remote Shalot. The gemmy bridle glittered free like to some branch of stars we see hung in the golden galaxy. The bridle bells rang merrily 
as he rode down to Camelot, and from his blazoned baldric slung a mighty silver bugle hung, and as he rode his armour rung beside remote Shalot, all in the blue unclouded weather. Thick jewelled shone the saddle leather, the helmet and the helmet feather burned like one burning flame together as he rode down to Camelot. As often, through the purple night below the starry clusters bright some bearded meteor trailing light moves over still Shalot. His broad clear brow in sunlight glowed on burnished hooves, his war horse trode, from underneath his helmet flowed his black coal black curls as on he rode. As he rode down to Camelot from the bank and from the river, he flashed into the crystal mirror. Tira Lira by the river sang Sir Lancelot. She left the web, she left the loom, she made three paces through the room, she saw the water lily bloom, she saw the helmet and the plume, she looked down to Camelot. Out flew the web and floated wide, the mirror cracked from side to side, the curse has come upon me, cried the Lady of Shalot. Part 4. In the stormy east wind straining... The pale yellow woods were waning, the broad stream in his banks complaining heavily, the low sky raining over towered Camelot. Down she came and found a boat beneath a willow leaf left afloat, and round about the prow she wrote the Lady of Shalot, and down the river dim expanse, like some bold seer in a trance, seeing all his own mischance with a glassy countenance, did she look to Camelot, and at the closing of the day she loosed the chain, and down she lay. The broad stream bore her far away, the Lady of Shalot, lying robed in snowy white that loosely flew to left and right. The leaves upon her falling light through the noise of the night. She floated down to Camelot, and as the boat head wound along the willowy hills and fields among, they heard her singing her last song, the Lady of Shalot. Heard a carol, mournful, holy, chanted loudly, chanted lowly, till her blood was frozen slowly, and her eyes were darkened wholly, turned to towered Camelot, for ere she reached upon the tide, the house, first house by the waterside, singing in her song, she died, the Lady of Shalot, under tower and balcony, by garden wall and gallery, a gleaming shape she floated by, dead pale between the houses high, silent into Camelot. Out upon the wharfs they came, knight and burgher, lord and dame, and round the prow they read her name, the Lady of Shalot. Who is this, and what is here? And in the lighted palace near died the sound of royal cheer, and they crossed themselves for fear. All the knights at Camelot, but Lancelot mused a little space. He said, She has a lovely face. God, in his mercy, lend her grace, the Lady of Shalot. All right, that's a poem, I guess, um, in four parts. Thanks for listening. We'll pick that up tomorrow, and we'll keep reading some Tennyson. All right, see you then.